Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding. We're here with your Thursday night recap on a good Friday morning. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel. With me today is Yovan Buha. He covers the Lakers for us, but we forced him to watch some terrible basketball. And Yovan, the games tonight were not very good. Oof. I, yeah. It, this was a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Why, why, was why'd a you guys great do way. this? Why'd you guys do this to me? It was all by design. We said, we're going to get Yovan. We're going to make sure the games are particularly difficult and make him really have to watch it. In fact, let me put it you this way to give you guys a little bit of behind the curtains. The last game of the night has been so bad. The Denver Nuggets Los Angeles Clipper game is so bad. We decided to start recording before the game ended because the Clippers decided to not even bring out their starters in the second half. They were getting beat so badly and so embarrassed by the Denver Nuggets. Yovan, I want to start with that game. What the hell is going on with the Clippers? I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like on on paper, um, you know, I, I know we we throw this around a lot with, with different teams, but like they to me on on paper are the deepest team in the NBA. Like I, I think you can make the case they have twelve rotation caliber guys that w- would you know play minutes on on most teams in the league. Uh, but you know they're sitting in sixth in the West right now, about to be twenty one and nineteen. At, at basically the the midway point of the season, and obviously Kawhi and PG have been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know they they have kind of this weird thing with their small guards, um, and and some of those lineups struggling defensively. But um, I mean, I feel like this just isn't the best matchup for them ever since that 2020 series uh, and the blowing the three one lead. Uh, you know, I think you got to give Denver their props. Like right now, I think they're they're right there as arguably the the west favorites and you know joker obviously playing at an incredible level might win a third straight mvp which is you know uh, historic and, and unprecedented but um yeah i mean there's there's just something like just the vibe is a little bit off with with, with this team and uh, i'm not going to go as far as to say chemistry issues uh th- this isn't well, you have a history of that <laughs> but, you have a history of that but uh i think this is this is actually really what i think the issue is and you touched on it Kawhi and pg in and out of the lineup there's no ability to craft any sort of continuity mm-hmm. or cohesion with this team because of that basically mm-hmm. i'm not a marcus morris fan but basically you're asking him to play a different type of game night to night one mm-hmm. night hey marcus we need you to go get us 20 you need to go get you know, 15 shots up, play more one-on-one basketball. We get those guys back. Now we need you to be a spot-up guy. And it's it's hard for players like that. And he's not the only one. Every player's role changes night to night for this team. And I think that's the problem, mm-hmm. honestly. Because you're right. The roster itself is fine, but just 
with injuries and all of this stuff. I think that's the issue. Let's stop dwelling on how bad they've been. And just so folks understand how bad they were in this game, they only scored 32 points in the first half. The Nuggets scored 32 points in the first quarter. So, you know, well, it and, was and every every, you know, you mentioned them pulling the starters, but every starter was minus 16 or worse. And and like that's, you know, I think that's kind of concerning of just like you're you're getting like that starting group and theoretically should be able to hang with any lineup in the NBA. And obviously they they can. We we've seen that before, but like them getting smacked the way that they did, uh, especially it, w- it wasn't like the bench came in and they struggled and like the game got out of hand. It was like, no, the, the starters got smacked by Denver starters. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is one of those games where, you know, every now and then you, you have a really bad blowout. Um, and, you know, Denver is historically a tough place to play, the altitude, et cetera. But uh, this was a really you know bad <laughs> performance by the Clippers. Terrible performance by the Clippers. Great night for Jamal Murray. First quarter, 13 points right off the bat. I mean, he almost outscored the Clippers on his own. Uh, There's a lot of interesting stuff there. It looks like he's getting his legs under him. And, you know, Jokic is Jokic. What else can we say about him? The only reason why he's not going to get a triple-double tonight is there was no reason to play him long enough to get one. And I think that's kind of the, the issue there for that. But otherwise, they were great. Nuggets... Big win. Mm-hmm. And I think sent a statement to really everybody else around the league. But let's go ahead and leave this terrible game and let's go to the other let's go to another terrible terrible game. Terrible <laughs> game. Right. Let's go. Let's go to which the, one do you want to go to? <laughs> we're gonna go to the Boston Celtics okay. just completely destroying the Mavs in this one. And this one was a little bit scary because the Mavs came in with a six-game win streak. Looked like, hey, we're beginning to roll. No Kleba, no Dorian Finney Smith. And the Celtics decided to finally make some shots. And let's just be honest, the Mavs did not. Yeah. Uh, and and don't mean to correct you, but I believe it was a seven game win streak, which was their oh, longest. Excuse me. Don't let me don't let me cheat them. Lo- longest since 2011, which was their championship season. Uh, but yeah, there was some weird stuff in this game where like it Luca didn't seem 100 percent. And they were saying like he's sick or he, he's not sick, but like he has <laughs> sick like, you know, flu like, I don't know. It, it just he, he didn't seem it was like weird. Luka. And I mean, I will say, you know, seven, seven for 23, like Boston is one of those teams that if if you're designing a team that should be able to hang with Luca, it, it is this group that can kind of switch one through five in some lineups. Um, you know, Al Horford was on Luca a lot uh, in that first half. Like, but y- you have Tatum, you have Brown, uh, e- even Grant Williams, like you have different guys you can throw at him. You know, Marcus Smart, like. And even, you know, I think the thing with Boston is like even their smalls, you know, uh, Brogdon and, and Smart and, and Derek White, like they're not small. Like those guys are like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and above and like can guard up. So I think Boston is just like if you're kind of crafting a team to match up with a star wing like Luka, it is this Boston group. And uh, I think, you know, I think obviously there's something going on with him where he, he just wasn't 100%. And I think that was a big part of why he struggled tonight. But I also think you ought to give a lot of credit to Boston's defense and their ability to really just switch seamlessly and, and contain him. Yeah, I think. And they didn't even get a great shooting night overall. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jason Tatum had a triple double, 29 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. But he was six or excuse me, eight of 22 from the field. Like he really didn't shoot the ball well. But across the board, they got a lot of good shooting from everybody else from three. Marcus Smart with four, Brogdon with three. You know, you had Derek White hitting shots. They got a lot of good looks 
and things like that and really just made life miserable for the the Mavs defensively and then offensively you know the the Mavs just don't can't compete and if Luka's not at an AA1 level he's not going to beat this, a team like the Celtics at that point and i think that's really kind of one of those issues for them and you saw it in the third quarter when they're able only able to only muster 19 points. Just a massive problem, man, and, and going to be tough for them. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But let's get away from that bad game and go to what was going to be a bad game, but got pretty interesting. The Orlando Magic were down, I think, as much as like 23 and came back on the Memphis Grizzlies to make this a game. And listen, we talk about Memphis all the time, how great they are, this and that. I want to focus on Fraz Wagner and Paolo Banchero in the second half going completely off against the Grizzlies. Yeah, Franz only had two field goals in the, the first half and you know ended up scoring 22 points, 19 in that fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, th- th- this Orlando team is fun. They, they're feisty, they're long, they're, they're funky, they're weird. Um, you, you got a lot of parts that like on paper don't really make sense together, but um, you know when they're clicking, it makes sense. Like, I do think like I pumped the brakes a little bit in just that like you know I feel like sometimes these these kind of fake comebacks um, I don't know how much you can actually take away from them but I do think there's obviously something here um, with, with Paolo and, and Franz and like those two being the the core of something moving forward for this group um, but they're fun I mean I think I think for on on like the Memphis side like seeing Jaron Jackson and and John Morant combined for sixty three is um, you know, really solid. Both those guys going for 30 plus. Like, I think Memphis, I mean, we just talked about Denver and, and they're standing in the West, but like t- to me, it's probably Denver and, and Memphis right now are the, the class of the West. I think Golden State, with, with the way they've been playing recently without Steph, like you, you got to, you know, kind of tip your cap to them and, and they're still going to be in the mix. But like Denver and Memphis to me are, are really the two standout teams in, in the West right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're right up there. But again, I just want to go back to Orlando because I'm more it. impressed with them. And they barely make the daily ding, right? Like Memphis sure. gets talked about on the ding and all the podcasts or whatever. Paolo Banchero had 20 points in the third quarter. You know, you, you like you said, Franz Wagner went off in the fourth. He, Franz had 11 in the last five minutes to make it a game. And they were showing everything. They were dropping dimes to each other. They were, they were hitting threes, attacking in the lane. Just a really impressive performance from this young Magic team that still doesn't know how to win. And I think that's what we saw down the stretch of this game when they could have tried to make it closer. You're right. It was a bit of a fake comeback, but it was probably the closest game we've had all night. So <laughs> let's let's go to that. Well, and then te- I want to go. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, no. I know math. You I do got know math. math. 
This that, was a single that, digit game. It was it was one of the four. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it was such a bad night of basketball. Um, and then we had the Utah Jazz beating Houston. We're not going to talk about this one very long. All we're going to say is Laurie Markkinen dropped 49 points because everybody in the NBA scores at a ridiculous rate. And I got to ask you, Jovan, Markkinen, is he going to be an all-star? I think he should be. Um, you know, I, I do think like, I, I feel like it could be one of those years where like 10 years from now we look back on it and, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> this is going to be a, a little bit of a, of a, maybe an unfair comparison, but like, like Jamal McGlure made the All Star team in, in 2004, and it's kind of like one of those things where you're like Jamal McGlure was an All Star. Like, I think Laurie's obviously better than than Jamal McGlure, but like I, I do think if you look at kind of the the historical kind of threshold for like All Stars, I feel I feel like he's more of a borderline guy. But I I do think with the season Utah is having, like in, unless they pull the plug in like the next week and free fall out of their current standing in the West, like I, I do think Laurie's been their best player. Um, I think we we have seen growth from him that we had wanted to see in Chicago and Cleveland, and you know, a night like tonight, career high forty nine points. Um, you know, for for as much, I think for as for as much of an offensive explosion we've seen, like forty nine points is still forty nine points, and and um, you know, to, especially to do that as kind of, I guess he, he's a big, he's kind of a wing, uh, big hybrid. Like he, he's, I think you, you got to give him his flowers, and um, to me, he should be on the All Star team. Yeah, and. Just so everybody knows, the fans, we got the first returns of fan voting. We're going to talk about that super quick. Markinen is seventh in the front court, ahead of guys like Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, who never plays, and <laughs> Kevon Looney. <laughs> but right those, behind those guys like Paul George, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, who, you know, I don't hasn't played a game since November, I feel like, is is right up there at fifth. But the top returning vote getters in the NBA, LeBron James in the Western Conference with about 3.1 million. Kevin Durant with also about 3.1 million in the Eastern Conference. Yovan, what stood out to you in the ballots in the, in the first return voting? Give me one or two quick points. Yeah, well, um to to make it about the Lakers, uh I will I will Shocking, shout out that's what you would do. <laughs> I will shout out Austin Reeves who who's ninth in in guard voting in the West, uh, ahead of Jordan Poole and right behind Devin Booker. So, uh for for those expecting Austin Reeves to make the All-Star game, um that 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 I mean, he's not, he's not going to make it, but like it, it just it shows, it shows you, you see, I guess I'll make a larger point of like you see the the power of the big markets and and having Kevon Looney 10th in, in West front court voting. As you said, Wiggins missing all that time being fifth, uh, Russ being sixth with, with, you know, solid season, but like he, he's not sixth in, in the West uh, and then Reeves ninth. Like you really see the power of the, of the big markets of, of San Francisco, of L.A., like th- that really drives um a lot of this voting uh and then i'll say my, my other thing is like it's just an absolute bloodbath in the eastern conference front court like we, we were talking <laughs> yes. we were talking before the show it, it kind of reminds me of the early 2000s with, with the west front court where you had duncan and garnett and and weber and and Nowitzki and elton brand and like uh, just you know, going down the list of like the the and back then it was the delineation of center versus forwards, but like uh, you know, just making the 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 all star team in the West as a front court player was absolutely like incredibly tough, and it feels like that that like right now it, it's between Katie, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, all four of those guys should be starting. Like like the you know if you, you can make a case like those are four of the top five guys that should be starting in the All Star game. And yet, 
one of those guys is going to be coming off the bench with, with the way that the voting works. So that to me, you know, that, that that's brutal. But re, you know, right now it's Tatum, but uh, he, he's within fifty thousand votes of, of Joel Embiid, and obviously this is only a third of the voting or, or half the voting. I forget how it works. Uh, so it's we'll, player we'll, votes, media, like I don't yeah, know. It's, I, I think it's this is half confusing. the vote, and then it's split between player voting's a quarter, media voting's a quarter, and then yeah. So we'll see, but I think someone's going to get left off in the East that should be starting. Uh, among the 10 starters. Yeah, I mean, well, that always happens. My one big takeaway is no respect for the Sacramento Kings. DeMontis Sabonis, nowhere in the top 10. True. De'Aaron Fox, nowhere in the top 10 for guards. Austin freaking Reeves is ahead of him. Yeah, like, and and you, know on, who's it, you know who's in the top 10? Tyrese Halberton in the East. And, and he should. And he, he, deserve, he deserves he's it. But, but I'm saying, I'm saying to, to, further, to further the Sacramento disrespect, I'm saying... The guy that they traded, yeah, yeah, right, right, is it is in the top ten. But this is, but that's that's just ridiculous. And I know people with the big market stuff. I hear you, but I also don't hear you because Shea Gilgis Alexander is fourth amongst the guards in the West, and he's which, in which Oklahoma is, City. I mean, so and Jaw Jaw's third. Like I, I think those those two guys being as high because we we've seen like we we've seen Dame in the past, and and Dame is seventh. Um, like you have seen some of those smaller market guys still, you know, fare pretty well in. All star voting in, and, in the and, fan voting. Yeah, so I'll say like you know some of those like, um, like I, I, you know Donovan Mitchell being second, but but being in Cleveland, you know, ranking second. Like I, I think obviously deserves it coming off the the seventy one point game and stuff. But like, um, I think you know Laurie being seventh, as, as we mentioned earlier. Like, the, I mean Paolo being eighth. Uh, Kyle Kuzma with uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, DC, I guess, isn't a small market, but like you wouldn't necessarily put, I think, Kyle Kuzma seventh uh, in in the East. But like, yeah, there, there were some interesting returns. I mean, the, the fan voting is always remember Zaza a few years ago. Like that, that was this is yeah, always kind of weird. I mean, well, I mean, stuff. BTS got Andrew yeah. Wiggins into the All Star game last year, and you know what? That's gonna do it for our show because this is probably about the amount <laughs> of time more, I actually want to spend arguing games. Yeah, this is the amount I actually want to talk about in, in all-star fan voting. This is probably the last I'll really care about it. So uh, for basically Jovan Buha, Daniel Lehman producing for us, that's going to do it for us here today. I'm Mo Jovan. Take us home. Ding, ding, ding. I almost thought you forgot the second time. I, I, almost, I almost did. <laughs>